Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Good evening all. Welcome back to that 6++ Show. We are here with uh, two fantastic people and then I'm here as well. Uh, Let's start it off. Chris glorious leader how are you doing this week i am very well i am been enjoying my summer holidays um we've had four weeks off got two to go um but yeah it's been lovely thank you fantastic and you've been doing loads of warhammer stuff i'm sure i have been doing some warhammer stuff um because i have been building and painting an avatar i did see that and how has that been going for you um not well ed um the uh we've had a few um issues with the build um mm. for some strange reason the leg didn't want to fit together well and for those of oh. you who don't know what i do when i'm really struggling with build something is i go dad and i try and get him to fix it for me and what proceeded was about an hour of swearing and then the um the next day he was like right i'm gonna have another go at it okay and after about an hour and a half he came upstairs and there's a lot more swearing um and anger and then about an hour after that, he came back up and was like, well, I've done it. Um, and presented me with this mostly. mostly complete model. Um, well, mostly complete leg. He'd hacked it to pieces, but, you know, mm. it kind of fitted. We put a bit of green stuff. I finished off the build and it was all fine. Um, so, yeah, not ideal. And then I went to paint it. I've really been struggling to work out how to put my colours to the avatar because mm. my army is like this strong blue, strong pink white and gray those are basically and gold those are the core colors so it's trying to work out how to get those around and um i've re- i've really struggled i just got painting got my airbrush out had a few issues with the white which led to a bit of spatter and stuff got the blue out that didn't really work and then at one point i was like right i'm just going to get some wash on the um, blue part at which point all the paint started wiping away for no discernible reason and everything apart from the black um base coat just went mm. um, which was nice so i walked away at that point and i have just finished it just finished excellent it. and you, you know got it to hand after, um i'm gonna save that for the instagram tomorrow Ooh. so if you are listening to this podcast be sure to check out our instagram at six plus plus gaming where you will see a beautifully painted um avatar. Well, i say beautifully it's, i'm actually after all said and done i'm all right and as long as you stay at tabletop distance you will not see the mangled right leg. Um, Fantastic. I, I reckon people go, oh, your avatar looks really nice. I'll be like, look at it, look at the pain. And they'll understand. But yeah, it's um, it's been good fun. Whether I'm even going to get to use it or ever use it, that is an entirely different um, question because um, I've got an event, not this weekend, but the weekend after, and I'm really struggling with this building. Um, too many good options with Eldar, first world problems, right? And um, I'm trying to work out... Not for it. long. <laughs> uh, no, exactly that that is literally the thing this is yep. my final event with pre-nerfed um well first edition nerf elder and yep. it's like what do i want to take do i want to take my optimum list optimal list do i want to take one which is a bit of everything something which is just a bit different i really can't decide at the moment so how many how many space points is this event worth is it a big event you're going to we like, know what you're going to take mate you're not gonna you're not gonna drop a bloody wraith mate are you well, of course, I'm not dropping a Wraith Knight. That's, 
All three lists I have have the Wraith Knight. David. I'm take it fluffy. I'm going to go... Um, He's, he is fluffy. He's only running one Wraith Knight. Guys. Yeah, Except for the guys that aren't Death Guys. I don't have a second Wraith Knight. Um, that's just sad times. But no, it's basically going to be like, how do I want to go to Because I could take Wraith Knight, Avatar, Incarn, and 10 Wraith Guard. Um, but then you don't get your Fire Prisms or your Night Spinner. It turns out, look at the uh, WTC events. You don't need them. No. Just take two Wraith Knights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's... Uh, I, unfortunately, I don't have the second Wraith Knight, but I would like to take the other two. That sounds like a skill issue to me. It's an amazing skill issue. Plus, <laughs> Jane needs two. I could have borrowed it from. Yeah. I decided to sell literally this week. So That's a really good. smart move. Like, this is this is the peak. This is he's now seen fun, the yeah. Bitcoin crash, and he's like, I'm out. I have got okay. a uh, Incarn, Wraith Knight, Avatar and Double Knight Spinner list, which I think could be interesting. Um, yeah, I guess I need to play some TTS just to try it and decide by Saturday, Sunday, whenever list got off. It's Most 40k players are shouting at this now, going, Oh, shut up! Just no, shut yes, up! Yes, you yes, amazing yes. options. Oh, Eldar, oh, I don't know what to take. Oh, it's it tough life. What voice is that? <laughs> that, that? That's reminiscent of something. I can't place my, uh, my finger on it. What voice is that? Oh, shut up! I feel like you've you've ripped that from somewhere, and I can't I can't place it. Oh, I don't know. Is it? Is it, I can't think what his name is now. Is it David Mitchell? Maybe. Yeah. No. Too posh. No. He's too posh. Yeah, yeah no. too posh. He's far too posh. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know what that person's name is. Right <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, in the chat, we are buzzing tonight. We have got loads of people: Gavin, Zito, Existence, Olav, Gelmaris. Hello to you all. Uh, Sean and Scrivo as well, looking beautiful tonight. Hope you're all doing well. So, saging from that Instagram post that we're going to have tomorrow, don't forget, hit us up on Instagram. Link's in the description. If they're not, you'll find us. Uh, and we've got Davey here as well, who's doing some painting. How are you doing, Davey? Oh, hello. How are you doing? Nice to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm sitting in front of 30 Termagants. <laughs> and 10 Neurogants, and that is a third of what I have to paint before next weekend. So I'm really sorry. Normally, you'd have my full engagement, but I will be. I mean, I'm going to be fully engaged. I'm just going to be painting all these Termagants at the same time. And, of course, I've decided to change my entire paint scheme. So it's much more colourful. It's not a case of purple, then dry brush a lighter purple over the purple, then an even lighter purple over the lighter purple. It's none of that anymore. It's um, it's contrast paints, don't get me wrong, but it's uh, there's a little bit more to it. So fun times. Uh, I uh, the the name of my list that I'm taking to the Goonhammer Open is I needed a new I needed an army to try out my new chess clock. So this is what <laughs> I am running. Very <laughs> nice. So yes, yeah, so I've got what is it? I think oh, well, I don't want to give my list away. Ben Pierce. Um, fr frenemy of the show, Ben Pierce is what listening. I'm not giving him my giving away my secrets to his Eldari army that will smash me to pieces. He said that he's going to be taking Harlequins to the LGT. Interesting. I have it in writing. Let's see. Let's see if he does well he at Goonhammer. If he does well at Goonhammer, then I think he he might. But he's a competitive young man. Is Al Ben? After he submarines his way to the um, 16th place at Leeds. That's right, Ben, I'm calling you out. Um, Only the best player submarine. Quick shout out. I'm sure it's been mentioned. Quick shout out to our mate, Rob Kimpton, who, uh, <laughs> who definitely came first 
Um, I, I, there's an interview coming up with him. I, I talked to him about his experience of the, the recent world champion qualifiers. He's going to be going out to America in November. He's got a golden ticket. In that interview, definitely watch it. I accidentally call out Mikey, uh, trying to start some online beef. Love you, Mikey. Please don't, please don't hate me. Uh, and I've, I, what did I interrupt? I just completely went off the uh, the rails there. I forgot what we were talking no, about. No, no, it, it's cool. It wasn't important. I, I am, every time someone reminds me that uh, Rob is going to America, I just get all warm and happy inside. Like, what a cool thing. It is cool. It's, I mean, it's so good. I just thought golden tickets were for people that I didn't know. And yeah, uh, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I've met Rob. I know they him. Walk among he, us. He, yeah. So, like, it's just amazing. It's so good. Did it with Drakari, yeah. Of course, uh, I've heard of uh, you know Hellstorm, uh, the next Hellstorm event. Mm. Second place will will also I think have a golden ticket. Is that right? Because um, no qualifying for Mikey's final event because Josh Roberts keeps winning it. So, <laughs> it's true. So all you need to do is get a second, right? That's yeah, yeah. Well, you're not going to get first because Josh is also going to this one. Uh, yes, exactly. There right. are for anyone who hasn't seen the upcoming Hellstorm event this weekend. I believe it's this weekend. Is it next? Yeah, it's I think it's this weekend. Yeah. It's too late to buy a ticket, so I don't need to plug your event. Um, there are eight Eldar um, lists with race nights, as far as I'm aware. So it's going to be twenty percent. Twenty percent. It's a good ratio. It's a it's a really good ratio. Um, that's four. That's eighty percent of the uh, the lists that aren't race nights. So that's a pretty good field. That's pretty I, good like me. I'm not even I'm not even taking the piss. Like I was expecting it to be so much worse. So eighty percent of the games are going to be fun, um, which is great. Apart from the painting, how have you been? How have you been doing? It? Up to anything else Warhammer related? Um, just playing loads. So like Man. I want to obviously test this list out. I've never played a, a, a hordy list like this before. And it's it's a whole new ball, ball, uh, ball game, ball game, sure, uh, for me. A whole new and ball game. Whole, yeah, like it's it's super hardy. So it's just trying to understand um, the in, the tr- intricacies and the little tricks and the jank. Um, so no, it's it, but it's been really fun, and my back isn't complaining too hard yet. So that's, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, but yeah, played loads of different. I played guard last night. Guard. Mm-hmm. No joke, right? They um, on current uh, on the way the Goonhammer currently looks, uh, it's one of the it's like the top four faction, I think, of okay. people taking them. So that's super interesting. Um, but yeah, play just trying to play as much as possible, really. And I did now see pay, that Nids do pay. have a little bit of uh, of tech to deal with them. No, no, I'm talking rubbish. It was Admech. Never mind. Moving on swiftly. No, no, I'm uh, just literally. Uh, <laughs> God love blast keyword loves my answer. To be fair, you can uh, you can channel in the warp early on and try and stop them from spreading their orders out and uh, keep all your stuff a little bit safer. So you've got yeah. a little bit of wriggle room there. No, absolutely, Lovely. absolutely. It's really funny that the Manticores can like hit nearly on I think on twos or something like that uh, or threes. Don't worry um, about it. Just yeah, no one will be taking them. If you were worrying about it, stop. Yeah, just don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Just shoot them with your wraith knights. Is the uh, the answer there? Absolutely. I've been speaking to uh, someone who just won a uh, won a very small GT in America about how how they went about it, and he actually beat Eldari on the way and gave me a few tips. Oh, so lovely. and it was wraith knight with wraith guard as well. So an interesting one. Well, obviously, let's see. Let's see if I can replicate that success probably four times. Um, <laughs> It is a six-round event, so uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry, five times. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get an easy game, 
round one, and then it's the uphill struggle through five sets of Eldari players. The last being Josh Roberts. So I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if luck. I do this, I'd absolutely shit all over Rob, right? That I mean, that would be nothing compared to this. I don't, I don't think we need that level of competition. I think we can be happy <laughs> with two really impressive event winners. Uh, as for myself, I have not really been doing much with Warhammer. I was talking a big game. I was going to go to Leeds. I was going to build and paint an entire army in two weeks. And I picked up my paintbrush and I went, which is when I realized I was unbelievably burnt out. So I've had a little holiday. Um, all right. Uh, so Sorry, that was, uh, that was me. I hit the mic. No, I can tell. <laughs> we know, Davey. Sorry, everyone's yeah. here. It's been, you know, I've been, uh, I've been playing some Magic: The Gathering, having a great time with that. Uh, I've got that to a point where I feel like I can pick that up a couple of times a week and still have time for 40k, which is a good balance. Uh, about a week into my self-imposed holiday, the uh, the match play design role I went for, they got back to me like, "Hey, we'd like you to to do a task for us." So I was sat there going, "Oh, but I don't want to think about Warhammer." So then you got to pump out some work for that. I know it was really rude of them. How 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 you bastard. <laughs> it, it was good actually. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the first time around I did it. But uh we'll see how that one goes. And uh yeah, that's about it. I'm looking to get back into it. And um I haven't I haven't picked an army for LGT yet. Obviously we'll be seeing some nerfs I, I believe ahead of time. Yeah. My initial thought is Chaos Knights, just some war dogs because oh, cool. they're fun. Uh and I, I don't think I've got the enthusiasm to run one of the top meta armies at the moment because it's so unbalanced. I didn't didn't feel good about winning Davis Lamb with Eldar. You're just like, mm, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to play against it? Not really. So we'll find something that's a nice middle ground until the uh, the edges get shaved off. I think. That's, that's the thing, right? If you are going to take the army, the likelihood is you're going to just keep playing against it as well, right? Like, yeah, I don't like that. I if if I was only playing Eldar into other you know, the top three armies, it wouldn't be so bad if it was, but the problem is you then like kick over some kids ice creams and you're like, you came to have a good time and uh, you're straight up not having a good time. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Sorry, dude. Yeah, uh, if you just wanted to play the mirror all the time, you'd play heresy, right? <laughs> Eldar heresy. Eldar heresy though, so very fitting. Lovely stuff. Well, that took way longer than it normally does, but we've obviously just, we're interesting people. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you'll forgive us. So, what have we got coming up for the Plus Roundup? Well, um, we have recently released a brand new battle report. That's right, bite-sized battle reports are back. Um, they kind of came about because editing a battle report takes forever, as does filming <laughs> one, and I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, and on top of that, actually, we, you know, we play a lot of games regularly and it would be quite a nice idea to, um, put, you know, kind of put them out. Um, so we came up with like a, a format which we felt worked. We've been doing it for quite a while now. We've just done our first 10th edition one. Um, and that is um, Alex came over from, um, over from Milton Keynes area with his Death Watch and took on my Harlequins. Um, and it was really fun. Um, it was this weird situation where I was playing, you know, I was still playing Eldar, obviously, but it was a bit like, what do you mean I can't do this and this and this? Like, this is must have be like other armies, Phil. This is shit. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was good fun. And the way they work is kind of, we talk about our turn, we say what we're planning on doing at the end of the movement phase, like we've moved here to for these goals. And then we come back at the end of the turn and we say, 
what happened and whether it worked or not. Um, so yeah, around 15, 20 minute mark. Um, and yeah, it's had lots of positive feedback. So if you haven't seen that, check it out. Um, we also released the um, new State of Play Death Watch. So State of Play, for those of you who don't know, is our series where we talk to kind of the best players in the world, really, or the most known players in the world, um, or the most successful players for very particular um, factions. We did a lot of them in ninth edition. Tom talks to these various players, and we started off with Death Watch. Tom spoke to Chris Radford, who plays for Team Ignite, good friend of Ed's, and also quite a handy player. And he got to the semi-finals of the lead super major with Death Watch. So, if you have any interest in playing Death Watch or understanding Death Watch, it's an hour of just pure filth. I can, I can attest to how good yeah. he is. I practiced some Eldar into his Death Watch, and it was a very unpleasant experience for me. <laughs> I had a great time. We we had a great time, but I got fucking bodied. It was uh, it was brutal. Yeah, um, and so he just just talks about everything Death Watch, all the army, um, kind of like the enhancements, the strats, the different key units, how is this functions. Um, he talks through all of his games at Lead Super Major. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a really, really good listen. And even if you um, don't do those armies, like, they're such a good listen in terms of how to, how to counter meta and stuff like that, right? And how to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. also just spend an hour looking at his handsome face. Just, just do it. You won't regret it. It's a great time. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, for those of you, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we announced our Patreon. So I've done a little video just explaining um, kind of the different sections of that. And then we have um, the part two of Jack's um, index in depth, uh, where he talks about um, all the key data sheets for Tau. So yeah, that's what we've had. And as Ed attested to, we have he has interviewed Rob all about the Jabari and how he did at or how he won his golden ticket. Um, and we're going to, that's the sort of content that we're going to be putting out on to our Patreon, but we're going to release this one for free just to show you um, how lovely, um, what wonderful content that you could be having. So um, that'll be out. Um, First, it's always free. Yeah. Um, that'll be out as and when it sends it to me. Yeah. Oh, called out. <laughs> called out. We, uh, I need to record an ad to put in the middle there. So, um... Um, speaking of ads, um, so we very recently um, have signed up for to be an affiliate of a of a shop called Affiliate of, of called Composite Games. Um, thank you, Jamie Clifford, for sorting that one up. And um, basically, there is a link which we will we've posted on our Facebook page, posted we've pinned on our Discord. Um, and it will be in this description after you've watched it. Um, and basically, if you use that link, you get you get to um, help us buy. We get five percent, and it goes towards store credit for us. But if you use our code, which is PLUSE, P L U S E, you get an additional five percent off. So you'll be basically getting to pay twenty five percent on all of your um, on all of your Warhammer goodies. So, um, yeah, make sure you check that out. Um, and they're a shop, and they're just about in Doncaster. They're about to move to a bigger space. They're going to start um, hosting tournaments and various things like that. So I'm sure that'll be a relationship that builds up over time. But, yeah, in our videos in the future and stuff, if you see composite games coming up, that is why. And always check out our descriptions because we'll include the links. 
I have put it in the chat, but going forwards, I'm sure it will be in code plus absolutely stream. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the plugs done for today. Lovely stuff. All right, moving on. So we have talked about tactical secondaries. Great, love them. Play armies that go fast and do things. This is how you win with tactical secondaries. But what about fixed secondaries? What if you play an army that doesn't go fast and do things? What if you only go slow or you don't do things? These are the questions that we are here today to answer. So just to sort of set the scene, let's start with you, Chris. What sort of um, considerations would you be making when you're thinking about whether you want to take fixed secondaries as an army yourself? Absolutely. So I think, first of all, your army style dictates a lot. Um, so um, some armies, as you kind of say, just play be tactical better than fixed. But I think in a lot, there are various situations where fixed is the answer. I think sometimes your, art, your opponent does just give it up. Um, they might have a ton of characters and a ton of vehicles or monsters, in which case, you know, like the assassinate, bring it down combination is um, is very key. Um, so, Imperial Knights. Yeah, exactly that. Um, I have taken fixed one time and it was Imperial Knights and hey, it's got 100 points. So it is, um, it's certainly, but conversely, I then played another knight person and I felt it wasn't the right choice. So I oh. think, so you do have to, um, and we'll talk about, I guess, that later. But yeah, there are some times where actually it's not the right particular choice, even if they do give away a lot. So I think that's one particular thing is, does your opponent give it away? Um, and the second thing is if you've done it in the list building stage, um, obviously there are certain ones which certain armies can do really well. And for that, I guess Davey will probably want to talk about that because Davey is Mr. Fixed himself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my number one consideration is, do I have Biovars in my list? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. The answer yeah. is, for now. Yeah, for now. I mean, you know what? Like, um, as, as I've been over time a little bit and speaking to some other, uh, well, some, I say some other, actual, some, some actual good turning players, um, they, uh, you know, they you know, some of them are even saying, like, very rarely do I take fixed. It has to be, like, a set scenario. Um, for example, uh, one chap was like, well, if I take custodians, if I'm against custodians, I take fixed because there's space, right? And the custodians are coming at you. They can't screen their entire deployment zone, etc. right? So it opens doors. Um, I probably take them more than I should, but I just think it really puts your opponent in an awkward situation if they can't screen it. Because you, you build a list, right? And you build a list to say, right, my army's going to do this. And if my list turns up and says, well, you can do that, but then I'm going to stick loads of spore mines in your backfield and and just score points for fun, then your plan's disrupted and are you going to perform as well? Who knows? Um, so it's it's an interesting one. It's a super interesting one. In the list building stage, sure, like you can, I mean, if you move away from, um, you know, Biovars, for example, <clears throat> If the meta is full of knights or monster mash or something like that, then you can build a list that will do fixed secondaries to bring it down um, and another. And I think sometimes, actually, the fact you have to take both mm. is, is pretty, you know, it's it's a game changer because I would take one a lot of the time if it was if it was an option. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So some sort of like fixed tactical hybrid you think might work quite well for a lot of armies. Oh yeah, but uh, rightly so. 
we're not allowed to do that. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, we're just talking purely theoretical. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to break the game, here's the one where we take this is definitely giving me max, and then here's I'm just going to roll the dice on the rest of them. This seems really fair. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's really, I think, to Chris's point, it's list building, and uh, the, the the two kind of um, decision gaps or decision moments are list building and when you see your opponent's army. Absolutely, I agree. And just to round that out, um, I'd say for me, not having sort of the fast warp spidery type units where you can just fast moving the... infantry. Yeah, fast moving infantry. Fast moving infantry. Uh, if you if you haven't got the units that can you can kind of just go, oh, I need to be over here now. The tactical secondary game becomes a lot harder to play. Uh, it's probably still very good if you can play the game out a couple of turns ahead of time, but it also just makes it easier for your opponent to sort of stimmy your scoring. If you have very limited ways to get into other parts of the board, um, so that's definitely the sort of time where you might be looking at taking a uh, the the tactical instead of the fixed. Um, another another consideration is: can you generate CP with your army? Do you have some sort of CP yeah. regen? Because, mm -hmm. for example, Chaos Knights, uh, which I've been dabbling around with recently, they like tactical not so much because they can do all the things, but they really like having that CP regeneration. If you're playing an army that already has that built in, you know, if you've got a warlord that lets you do it, something along those lines, suddenly that kind of takes the shine off the uh, the tactical and makes the fixed a much more appealing factor, especially when you match up into something like Imperial Knights where you can slam that home. So the other side of the coin then is what can you do to try and build your list in a way to prevent the secondary scoring game make it so people have to play tactical against you even if their lists are more set up to play fixed secondaries yeah i mean obviously as long as you're not taking something like knights um it's about potentially not leaning into things and that was obviously a huge part of ninth edition this building because yeah. you really didn't want to give away anything um but yeah now it's kind of it's an it's a building your list so that you don't have those, you know, generic, oh, I've got 10 characters in my army. Yes, that's the big one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, list diversification, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is a sentence that hurts my soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, it's a, it's a funny one, right? Because you, um, if you're top of the matter and you're mm. taking the army to the top of the matter, then yeah, I think you have to really diversify. If not, People aren't taking their lists to, to deal with you. Yeah. Right. So potentially they could take assassinate, but do they have the tools to do it? Do they have precision? Do they have things that can get close enough to kill lone operatives? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, you know, look at this Necron list at the moment. It's full of characters. Does everyone take assassinate against it? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. That would rely on you being able to kill any of the units exactly. though. So uh... <laughs> True. You know, maybe that's a no no, it's a great point, but uh yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, really like funny that. that teams event that we went to um, when we did Element Games. Like all my stuff was bring it down, like it just fodder for bring it down. But no one ever took it, and uh, I definitely, definitely would have given some people full full points. Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, I think that's something that we discussed last edition. When you're playing an army that is lower down the rankings, as you were sort of uh, talking about, you don't really have the luxury of building a list to avoid the. Um, putting all of the bring it down points in your list. If the best way that you can build a list is skew, you kind of have to go, well, you know what? Maybe they max out the secondary against me. They're playing the top army, so they were probably going to get, you know, 
85, 90% of the points on their secondaries anyway, you know, depending on who you're playing against. So that is yeah. something that you consider if you're like, well, you know, I do have to run a lot of characters here to get the most of my, out of my units, and maybe someone takes assassinate against me, but it is what it is. I've just got to... You're probably still it. not going to max it. Yeah, exactly. I've got, to, I've got to up my chances as much as possible and not, you know, play for... Uh, trying to counter someone who's just not going to take that sort of secondary scoring. Now that there is the choice for people to take the tactical scoring the way that there wasn't back in ninth edition, I guess it's a little bit less of a consideration to play that sort of denial game. Yeah, it's, it's all in your urgency, right? So mm. I think one of the things that we did in ninth when we were looking at this Monster Mash list is, yeah. you know, we found, we, we noticed obviously that Carnifexes only give up one, so, or one point. So you can actually pump your list full of Carnifexes because yeah. they weren't, you know, for their points and for what they did, actually, they never give up enough points. So it's within your agency to kind of look at the secondary someone might take against you, understand how much that gives up, and then see if there's any ways you can just mitigate it, even a slight bit, because mm. you might just put them off doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's have a quick talk about the uh, the fixed secondaries, because that is the other thing. The secondaries that you can pick aren't the full range of them that you can take if you get the tactical, which is quite interesting. Obviously, you get mm. more points on them on uh, typically if you do take them as a tactical secondary. But if we just quickly run through, assassinate, as we've talked about. If you're using fixed, destroy a character, get four VP. Super solid, you know. And that is every time you destroy one. Nice and easy, just scoring as you go. Not much to talk about that one there. Uh, we also have, as we had, uh, bring it down. Again, super simple. Get points for whether they have 10, 15, or 20 wounds. You're just going to rack up points for killing monsters in the vehicle. Not much to talk about there. Behind enemy lines, this one has changed from when they actually printed the cards. Um, so it is the typical be in three, sorry, be in your opponent's deployment zone. You get. Um, three victory points if you have a single unit in their deployment zone or four if you have two um how how are you guys thinking about building what sort of armies do you think might take a bring it uh, behind enemy lines so um, with eldai it was um behind enemy lines was the one you'd always take for like you know elder or harlequins in ninth so yeah. moving into tenth and you know we spoke about this earlier i think there was i know a few of us anyway just had this assumption Oh, yeah, we'll all be playing fixed because, you know, yeah. you don't want the variance. But, uh, you know, GW have done a really good job of balancing that actually it's quite hard. And if to take behind enemy lines and to max out your 20 points, you need to be putting two units a turn into your opponent's deployment zone. And that's really hard to do. Mm. Um, even with Elder, because... Yeah. Um, you know, I guess you could build your list with, you know, three units of water spiders, three units of swooping hawks, three units of shadow spectres, but then you're not going down like the more killy option. Um, but it's actually, you kind of have to be saying, well, I'll take the three points, sometimes the four points, and I won't be scoring a 20, I'll be scoring like a 15 or so. Mm. Um, but I think an important thing here. Is and we haven't really spoken about it, touched on it too much yet. Is the mission and the deployment map? Yeah, that can be really important. And um, so, if you're playing something like Dawn of War, where it's really wide, actually getting behind enemy lines might be okay. But if you were to play Search and Destroy, which mm. is table quarters, that's not so good, is it, Davy? No, we've been trying to figure that out this week, and uh, my uh, my decision is that we uh, we do tactical, we do tactical, fine. Fine, I'll do tactical. Basically, 
if you have two five-man units, you can screen out your entire deployment zone with just two five-man units. It's the way it works with positioning. Um, and so if you are relying on deep strike to get your behind enemy lines, search and destroy is not the one for you. Obviously, if you just, you know, warp spidering it, because why wouldn't you? Then mm -hmm. uh, real great, but not all of us get to live the Eldar high life, so... Oh, or, or shallow specters, you know, deep strike just outside of shoot, uh, move in, yeah, yeah shoot, move in. I mean, just or another underpowered army that are doing well, right? Armies yeah. that are doing well all have a unit that sits in your backfield. Another underpowered army, Gene Steeler Cult, with their three inch <laughs> deep strike. Three inch deep strike is a huge one, isn't it? So it is yeah. absolutely massive. Yeah, plasma inceptors, Pla yeah, <laughs> they're just called inceptors now because, uh, oh, uh yeah, no, they don't come with bolters. <laughs> <laughs> now that they all cost the same, there's not much point. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And that is a really interesting point on the deployment zones. That is uh, very true. Um, one of the I think behind games... enemy lines is a good one as well because it kind of links with deployed teleport formers, which is a popular one. Yeah. Um, so you obviously get to score more points if you do it in your opponent's deployment zone. You can also do it in the middle. Um, but again, it, it's it's a gamble, right? You've got to hope that the space turn one. The amount of times that I've gone first and been like, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm getting three points, um, yeah. and then uh, yeah, you know, so you end up taking engage just on the off chance that's better, but it's probably not. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it really comes down to comes down to the opportunity on the mission, as Chris says, and also your opponent's screen ability. Sure, sure. Well, let's move on to the, the other positional play uh, and engage on all fronts. So engage on all fronts is very similar to how it was last edition. You get points if you're in three or four table quarters. It's slightly easier to score than it was previously. You've got to be more than three inches away from any other table quarter. And you get uh, two victory points if you're in three quarters and four if you are in all four. Uh, obviously, the normal disclaimers can't be battle shocked, yada, yada, yada. Um, so how are we feeling about that as a secondary engagement on front? Is it not two points for fixed? Is that not what I said? Yeah, I thought you said three, no? It's two points for fixed, isn't it? So that's yeah. the big that's the big downside. If it was three on for three quarters, I'd sure. take it every game. Uh, but the two is, is super, yeah. super shitty. If you're playing tactical, it goes up to three and five. But that's it, yeah. in, uh, in fixed, it's two and four. You don't um, really want to be sacking off 10 points um just off, because let's face it unless you're dominating the game mm. um you are gonna and a lot of defensive armies just playing two quarters yeah um they don't want to push out to the um out into the third or they might have a little nibble and they're having that nibble over five turns sure great you scored 10 points yeah like you have to be hoping that you're and i've played Played quite a few games tenth now, and primary is a bitch. Like <laughs> half, half the time, primary is a pain in the ass to score well on. You know, you can get up to fifty points on it, and it's it is sometimes you are just sat there with a thirty, and yeah. there isn't much you can do about it. And it's like the final mission to those of you who play UKTC um, games. The final mission is. Um, I can't remember what it's called, so I haven't learned the names yet. But basically, when I played at Leeds Supermajor, there was four tables, and it was all Eldar versus Custodes. 
and it was a mission that we were all like oh man the custodians just have to sit on these two on this like you got like two points for holding a home field and then five for each of the no man's land you're like cool well so if i sit on my home field and i sit in one no man's land that's seven points that's 28 points for primary <laughs> oh that's that's not great and i was looking my list wasn't like a although i had a very night it wasn't a, I'm going to absolutely brutalise you list. It had more mission playing stuff. And a lot of the elder armies around me did have that. And behind me was Ben Jones, like the best elder players in the country with double Wraith Knight. And after about half an hour, I looked across and there were like no custodians left. And I was like, this has been horrendous. He only scored 68 points in that game. He won, but he only scored 68 points. Um, and so you really if you're playing a mission where the primary is kind of like going to be a low one choosing something like engaging all fronts where you're not sure whether you're going to be able to push out and score that is hugely risky so you're just just going to score so lowly aren't you yeah chris you're really good at that you always project and encourage everyone in the team and like i think we all do it in our heads a little bit but i think for you you sit you articulate very well and be like look how many points are you going to score Put yeah. it right down almost, right? And um, and then you have to really figure out in what second. Well, that's what we've been pushing more for as a team, isn't it, really? And I think that's mm. something which I hear a lot of the top-end players talk about. It's like they are constantly doing that mass. They're thinking about it, especially in a team format, which we're really enjoying. All we need to do better and better right, is being able to give those accurate score predictions, knowing when to push and that sort of thing. Um, and, yeah, I think... One point we haven't actually mentioned, a positive for fixed secondaries, mm. is that they're really good in a team's environment because then you're able to be far more accurate with your predictions. Been listening That's to a true. few been listening to a few podcasts on WTC and they were saying one of the big things was that whenever like the, the stat guys were going around and asking coaches like what's your prediction, it would change over like within 20 minutes because um, they'll give one example of two players who are out having a cigarette. They're like, oh, you're not like, why are you having a cigarette halfway through the game? They're like, well, we know it's going to be about a 12 um, It's just what it is. And actually it ended up a 10-10 because one player drew really good cards and one player didn't. And you're adding quite a lot of variance, which although doesn't, is less likely to cost you in singles, in teams that can actually be huge if just because of bad cards it goes from a 15-5 to a 12-8. Mm. Um, so potentially if your army can play these fixed things, even if it is a 70, if you're going to a team event and your list is a, I'm going to neuter my opponent, I'm not aiming to win, but I'm aiming to score 60 or 70 points each time and you can't stop me. Um, then actually that is going to be good in teams because I can go, right, I'm going to pick a, pick a heavier table. I'm going to take on Eldar and I'm not going to get 20 owed. Um, yep. So I think as teams move, get better at team-based events in 10th, I would definitely foresee you're going to have your prey lists, your black, black, black kind of armies, and you're going to have your other armies. <laughs> yeah, that can just go there and go, I'm going to take these fix, I'm going to score 70 points, and hey, you didn't get a 20-0 and kept it quite close. So I think that is something to also consider for some from some teams out there anyway. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Because in singles, you're right, it probably isn't going to cost you very often. Um, if you're, especially if you are earlier in an event, you're more likely to just smash an opponent. And it's only really in those closer games where you're playing against someone of an equal or higher skill than you 
where drawing the wrong card at the wrong time can really cost you. Um, the unfortunate reality of singles is if you're playing towards the top tables, probably two of your games are matched evenly and then three of them you just sort of not going through the motions but uh, have a significantly easier time than you would expect mm -hmm. to. Lovely stuff. Uh, anything to add to that, Davey? Not really. I think um, I think what, what, what Chris has said pretty much nails it. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, you do see a lot of games, you know, like the amount of people who went, oh, the card screwed me. It's the new yeah, the call of the I bad guess, player. But you can get rid of these cards. You, you know, you can build in redundancy. Like, oh, maybe I should use this. Maybe I should save this CP in case my next stratagem. Like, you know, is that stratagem you're going to use more important than the ability to cycle through a card next turn? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's that. I suppose in terms of just going back to all the different uh, fixed secondaries, or one that I think sounds interesting, probably isn't, is Storm Hostile Objective. Okay. Because you would think, right, you're going to be fighting for primary most of the time anyway, right? Sure. But you've got to really bank on your opponent doing it. Yeah. So they might just go, well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit, I'm going to score less of my primary. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and but you're not going to get any points in that secondary. That so that can be a worthwhile. Door, right? That can be a worthwhile trade-off though, because if you're depending on the mission, so maybe if you, they can score heavily by you know not interacting with you, you don't take that one. But if they have to sit in the midboard and you have like a dominant midboard threat, um, if they say okay, I'm not going to contest for the midboard, and they sit on 10, 15 primary, you're not too upset at losing that secondary scoring in comparison to um, them losing potentially 30-plus points of primary. Mm. It's, it's situation-dependent. It's but... really mission-dependent, isn't it? You've, yeah. got, like, you've got a mission where it's like, hold one yeah. um, for five points, hold two for ten points, and that's it. You know um, what? I'm going to have a look at all the missions. In, uh, I think, I and I think as we play more, I think it would be very interesting, actually. Like if we, did, we could maybe do like a video series or something. Um, back on the UKTC stuff about things to consider because I was playing, I played pool the other day and we just started, went through the motions for the first turn, got to the second turn, looked at the primary and it was like, ah, oh, I only needed to hold two objectives. It was like a hold one, hold two, five and ten. And it was oh, scorched death, so you can burn the objectives. It was like, oh, well, I'm sat on three and that was not worthwhile. Um, yeah. And storm hostile objective, I think in some missions, is certainly one. You don't need to have a build for it, really. No. Uh, but on some missions, depending on primary scoring, it would be worth. You know where I, I think this one really shines? And this is situational. But if I'm playing against, for example, Chaos Knights, and I go, I want to take Bring It Down against you. You're not going to be running enough characters to take Assassinate. But your entire game plan is trying aggressively sit and hold the mid-board um, because they've got such good OC, really good primary play. I'm going to have to interact with you to get my points and stop you from running away from the game. So I think my second secondary there is going to be Storm Hostile. I think that's a really good situation for it, something like that. So there are seven secondaries here that you can pick from in the fix. So maybe you don't go to that one every game. Mm -hmm. But I quite like, I don't think, it, I, I don't know, I've played against, and, and this is playing against good Space Marine players, but I played against good Space Marine players in ninth who would take that against me. And it, it felt like a, a very difficult choice to make. It's like, do I sit in the primary or do I, mm. you know, 
stop them from scoring secondaries. And there, yeah, obviously it's now a different edition and the points are slightly different. But um, I feel like there's more more play to it. And I think maybe people just need to get better at understanding which resources are going away. Yeah, uh, in, in, I'm a big fan of the Korean advice, as, uh, as they call it online, which is, uh, have you considered just winning the game? Um, <laughs> if you score more points than your opponent, you will win. Right. Lovely stuff. So moving on, only a couple left to do, and these are very similar to each other. Um, mentioned previously, deploy teleport homers. So this is one of those where there's a big chunk of text that says, do an action. <laughs> so I'm just going to say do an action, because we all know what it means. Um, so, shooting phase, do an action. You can't do all the stuff afterwards, like shoot and charge. Um, at the end of your turn, if that unit is within your opponent's deployment zone, or within six inches of the center of the battlefield, it deploys a teleport homer, and then you score three victory points if it's in the center, or four if it's in your opponent's deployment zone. As mentioned before, it goes really well with behind enemy lines, especially if you've got something like spore mines that can drop in and go, hey, just thought I'd pop in and say, Hello. Here's eight points for me, uh, or seven points, I guess. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. That if it if it sounds too good to be true, sometimes it is, right? And yep. I think that your opponent has so much agency on that. So uh, take with caution, I would say. Like if your opponent can't screen, or like like as Ed says, if you know they have to contest in the midboard, then it's a real it's a real cool shout. What I do like about deploy teleport armors is you can do it in the middle as well. I was going to say, yeah, and you've that, got and the that gives you that get out clause. Yeah. Because it's, it's very difficult for them to screen out their entire deployment and also the middle of the board. That is, you know, if you've managed to do that, fair play. You've beaten me. Um, Especially because it's within and not wholly within. Sure. Indeed. Uh, I've only just realised. So um, that's good to know. But yeah, you can. It's not normally a problem with what spiders. Um, no, to be fair. To but um, yeah, you can just tap that one model into the... Into it's actually quite a nice synergy. I've done it. I've, I've done all right a couple of times. Again, just testing uh, alongside cleanse. Okay. Because yes, you're not getting the full marks for for deploy teleport homers, but if you're going to sit on two objectives in the middle because you have to get primary on taken hold or something like that. Okay. And actually, you can two units can do cleanse. Spore mines can get on there do cleanse. Um, you know, so so I, you're, I, you're thinking the sort of army that wants to aggressively sit in the mid-board. Um, you quite like cleanse as an option and just say, look, I'm going to be in the middle of the board. I'm going to do my cleanse on the objectives. I'm also going to do my um, deploy teleport homers. I'm going to do a lot of actions, and you have the onus to come out and stop me from doing that. Absolutely. I mean, all my stuff shoots rubbish, so unless I'm playing against <laughs> chat. So I'd rather, I'd rather do an action. Anyway, you know. Yeah, it's the uh, the old Imperial Guard adage. I've got 60 bodies. None of them are going to roll any dice to shoot because it is a waste of my time and yours. <laughs> and the clock is on me. So uh, they're going to run. They're going to do an action. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Interesting. You need to hold the objective. And obviously, one thing with turn is four mines don't have OC. But things like Nurglings also have that same problem, right? So sure, just one to consider. Sure. Yeah, no, that is interesting, and I would normally shy away from um, running double action secondary. That's quite risky in terms of you need mm. a lot of that, uh, units to do it. But I think that's a that's a good point. You, there are some armies that could definitely do it, and like you say, why bother shooting Tyranid guns when you could not do that <laughs> against knights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, cool. So then let's briefly talk about cleanse. Then um, it has the the paragraph of text that says do an action. And then at the end of the turn, each objective marker that is not within your deployment zone that you control in range of one of these units is cleansed. And you get 
two victory points for doing a single objective marker, and you get four for doing two or more. So that's fairly flexible. If you know, if you're if you want to sit in the midboard, or if you're playing some sort of janky elf list that likes getting into your opponent's deployment zone, killing them off, and then sitting in their deployment and doing actions. You know, nice, nice flexible scorer there. Perfect. So, so um, at Leeds, I played into two players who chose fixed into me, mm -hmm. um, and they both chose cleanse, and they both chose engage on all fronts. Interesting. And That's, these two, like that. these no, two players that. were custodies and necrons. And it's a really interesting one because I could 100% see the game plan. So, yeah. for example, the custody game was game five. So it's that mission which is really low scoring. Okay, You've removed the middle objective. You've got one kind of closer to your deployment zone and one closer to theirs. So it's going to be roughly a seven on primary. In his mind, he was going to sally forth down his right flank from his big L. Yep. And he was going to hit my... He was going to hold his uh, one behind his medium L, no problem at all. He was going to send the rest of his army down that side, um, take over my no man's land objective. Mm. Um, and then once he's got that, he then has some Alaris Terminators to deep strike onto there, whilst the big blob moves its way through my deployment zone and just tears everything asunder. And um, in short, instead, he took the big and medium L. The, um, the issue um, was that he kind of, he just sent, go forth, unit, make the charge. Ah, okay, well, they're dead. Right, yeah. next unit, <laughs> you go forth. Ah, you're also dead. Ah, and that was, you know, and we spoke about it afterwards, how if he had just yeah. bum-rushed me with kind of like everything, I was able to pick up one blob a turn, but the rest then get to my home field, then you can start cleansing. And as it was, he was cleansing one for 10 and he was engaging for like half the battlefield. And that just didn't create um, a situation where he was scoring anywhere near as well as my tactical. Sure. But you could see the game plan. And that's why I'd, I was basically prepared to run away and go and try and steal his one. But because sure. he decided to keep going at me one unit at a time. I thought, well, I can kind of just play this defensive um, game um, and just keep fending them off rather than having to just run away. But there was definitely a situation where I could see how his game plan would work and how he would be getting, from turn two, he'd be getting a four on cleanse and from probably turn three, he'd be getting a four on engage as well. And, you know, that's going to score him, like, combined with the primary it's going to score him reasonably well and i'm not scoring any primary it's going to create quite a big deficit so i think that was a really interesting one because you could he had the game plan mm. and the secondaries matched that game plan he just wasn't able to execute the game plan just to to pontificate a little bit on that because i think that's a really interesting point um it's it's definitely a difference that you see as you go up the table so at the bottom tables you see people who don't have a game plan in the sort of like the middle tables, you often see people who have a game plan, but they haven't really considered what their opponent's going to do. They're coming mm -hmm. in, they're like, this is what I'm going to do this game. And the fact that they have a living, breathing human on the other side of the table doesn't really factor into that at all. Um, so that's the trap with those sorts of secondaries, as you're saying, um, because he's put agency into your hands you've been able to prevent him from doing things and it, it sounded like in that example it was more the way that he played it out was the issue and he played it as if you weren't able to kill things and he was just going to 
Yeah, and he's also relying on the fact that he would be able to just, he's got his little two-man Alaris that he can just pick up at the end of my turn and then stick down in a spot. And obviously I'm like, well, oh yeah, it was the diagonal deployment. Yeah, Um, I've got the diagonal deployment, but I'm more than capable of screening that out. And Mm -hmm. I didn't read, I don't like, barring like when I got behind enemy lines, I had to deep strike something down. The majority of my army stayed in my third of the board and just formed this gun line and just went black 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 as he just charged across to me in the trenches just like, <clears throat> but it didn't fit what he what he had envisaged that's that's very much something that you don't that you see in the uh the middle tables as well people don't seem to understand how to screen out com- consistently i will say mm. um and then where you play against really good players you'll find oh my deep strike plan it doesn't work <laughs> because yeah. they you know a I, I don't know about you guys, but I've I've had one game where I got wrecked by deep strike, and I was like, cool, so that can never happen again. And then you just yeah. sort of like, you don't even actively necessarily think about it. You just sort of like run your tape measure around once or twice. You're like, yeah, cool, I'm screened. Um, and it just becomes part of like the game. It's like, you know, where do I deploy things? Well, I've deployed here. Why have I deployed here? Oh, yeah, because it screens. And it's just, it naturally happens. Yeah. So that's definitely yeah. a weakness for those... And of course, on the top tables, your opponent is more likely to go, "Okay, I've screened. Can you come and just measure? I haven't got any. You haven't got any. Yeah, space absolutely. And yeah. then you're like, "Oh yeah, I don't have any space to screen in. Yeah, yeah. And you'll, you'll your opponent will be like, "Look, I'm screening out here," and you'll go, "Oh, hold on. I think you've, it looks like you've left a, a big gap over there. Do you want to fix that?" And they'll go, "Yeah, thanks, mate." Because you've you've got that sort of understanding that you both know what you're doing, and you're trying yeah. to win based on who's the better player, not based on. Uh, we handshake agreed that this was a thing and you've gone back on it because you know, you're scum. Um, but yeah, perfect. What so that quick... to us, guys? <laughs> it's happened to me before. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, lovely stuff. I think we've went through all seven of the secondaries there in a really crisp, coherent way. There definitely weren't meandering uh, side topics. In there, None makes, for, makes for better listening. Um, yeah. yeah. I think absolutely. maybe um, just make so the general like what combinations generally you want like a big thing for example in ninth was you picture secondaries to link together um and if you so what combos do you think of cards would go well obviously bring it down and assassinate is quite a classic one Mm -hmm. there are quite a lot of wtc players that talk about how they do take assassinate a lot you only got to kill five characters um armies will have that um, and most armies do have five characters, right? Isn't there a isn't there a isn't there a thing with assassinate? I've never taken it, so I don't know. But isn't there a rule with assassinate? If no characters are left, then you get max points or something. That's for oh, tactical. Yeah. yeah so, if, tactical. so if you've already killed them all, you still you, score it. Yeah. Well, you, so when you draw it as a tactical objective, if there are no characters left, you score five points, and then it is discarded as normal. So Got it's not it. max points, but you still get the most points you're going to ever get for a secondary in one turn on tactical, which is yeah. you know, very reasonable. Yeah, I pretty much cycle that one every time. Unless it's like on the on the cards, like literally on the cards. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> so, um, green cycle. So yeah, so what combos of cards do you think guys work well together? That's a great point. Um, so I, I I do want to just highlight this one that Davey was talking about, the um, cleanse and deploy teleport homers, because it's, it's one that I hadn't considered. And it's a very specific game plan. But it is the jam my entire army into the center of the board and say, can you deal with me? I'm going to score loads of points. I think that's a lot more reliable than the engage and cleanse that you were talking about. Those um, The yeah. Kasodis and Necron player. Oh, funnily enough, both of which 
would have done cleanse and um, deploy teleport home is quite well in that way because you yeah. just go, my army's in the middle of the board. What are you going to do about it? And you go, oh, bugger. And we're getting primary points. Oh, this sucks. This isn't good. Yeah, no, I, I hate this. Custodians don't have the units to do it, though, right? That's the well, that is what I was thinking, yeah. Um, you might be able to get away with it by dropping in... Uh, I'm not sure whether Custodes players right now are playing much in the way of lone operatives, but if they are running a couple of assassins or something like that, you could probably get away with doing it with your lone ops. Mm-hmm. Or even just sacking off a couple of, like a two-man squad every turn. Because your opponent's not going to like deep screen out your deep strikes, so you're just like, cool, two-man Alaris, down. Yeah. Um, maybe you can get away with that. But no, that's a that's a very valid point. The, the um, teleport home isn't behind enemy lines is a good one. And I think that if you if that one's a bit too rich for your blood, yeah. Um having uh engage and that is, is is an interesting one because yeah. it says to your opponent, Well, I'm gonna score at least twenty. Yeah. And then if you make a mistake, I'm gonna score more from there. And actually there's a lot to be said about saying I'm getting twenty. Yeah. You know, and that's that's very much like a Tyranid one that would work really well because you can just shoot the spawn mines out. Whereas if you've got to throw away units, it's a little harder to do. Uh, obviously, a lot of armies can do it if you've got some, lots of small chaff units. Lone operatives, eh? So, like, Necrons could probably do it quite well, maybe, yeah. like, in terms of their... Oh, the ones that fire Overwatch for free. Those guys, super annoying. <laughs> Lone operatives. Love them. Uh, what are they called? Crypt? No. The uh, the Glocktopus, I've heard them coined yeah, online. The Hexmark destroyers, yeah. Hexmark destroyers, yeah, they're they're really nice. But but things like that could uh, could do that job for them. Yeah. Uh, another combination you could go for. I don't know that I love it, uh, but you could go for cleanse and uh, storm hostile objectives. Mm. That incentivizes your opponents to be on the objectives a little more because they can't stop you from scoring cleanse and uh, storm. Because if they let you have the objectives, so you're not taking them back, well, you just score your cleanse. And you score your primary, so that might be a way of mitigating the issues that we discussed earlier on the uh, the storm hostile objectives. Uh, any yeah, any other think, ones? Oh, sorry, I think with that one, and I think with with any ones around like cleanse as well, mm. is is you need really high OC. So maybe yeah. like if you had like a heavy guard infantry army that can drop that extra OC uh, on that unit is is really nice. I think that's mm. a really cool one. Um, but yeah, I think if you're going to build for that, you need to have a bucket ton of the OCs. Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. Or just fast units that are able to get onto objectives and also kill whatever they're dealing with. Um, true. Yeah. True. True. I think, I think, and it's been a little while, so correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's pronounced melee. Um, <laughs> I've, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's been a while. No, you know. doesn't ring a bell. Doesn't you want to speak to Aaron about it? He'll introduce you to melee all over again. Oh, is, is he still playing his orcs? No, custodies now. Custodies, yeah, they, they, he yeah. is brutal. There is, um, there is one melee army in the game right now, and it is. Uh, I have been on the receiving end of custodies. Um, so, yeah, shout out my mate Rory, who uh, who showed me a good time. And by a good time, I mean a bad time. Uh, truly, an one of the times I've had playing forty k. An interesting secondary that you cannot be fixed is, and I thought would have been if you said to me which ones could be fixed. Oh yeah, there's no prisoners. Yeah, but then you just take it every game. Exactly. I'm so it glad it's not there. Kill I'm so stuff. glad it's not there, but I'm surprised, right, that there isn't yeah. some kind of weird one about that. What else is there that you'd, you'd think would be? Uh, let's have a look here. Area denial. I could see area denial being 
um, a secondary well, that they made. I, maybe like that's getting too close to. It, maybe it's getting too close to old Stranglehold, which they got rid of, pouring uh, one out for Mahomey. Stranglehold, rest in peace. Oh. Every I, game, every game. I had, I had, mate, I had my best results ever playing Stranglehold and bring it uh, and to the last. Um, oh, last yeah. to, <laughs> this is a little old man yells at clouds, but uh, God, I miss, I miss it so much. <laughs> old man yells times. at clouds. <laughs> Yeah, damn kids! Back in my day, I got thirty points for my carnifexes is staying alive and shooting you off the central board. <laughs> oh yes, there were better times. We don't have none of your interactive gameplay now, where you shoot me when I move. <laughs> All right, Granddad, get back in the box. It's time for your meds. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah. was Ed for everyone listening. That was <laughs> Yeah, not not just a pretty face. Uh, available for voice acting work uh, at your convenience. I have actually done some voice acting work. Um, and you know what? The project never made it anywhere. They ended up going with someone else. Uh. Small, tiny, tiny tear, smallest violin. Um, lovely stuff. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about on the secondaries? I feel like we've done a pretty good job going through everything there anything i've missed on them anyone in chat am i a fool is there something major that we should be talking about now's your chance to call me an idiot i won't mind <laughs> well you can ask him that's the chatting question while we go to questions i suppose right yeah there, i did see that sean had uh, a question in the chat so i will make sure to pick that one up as we get to questions um what time are we on we're in an hour i reckon it's time to go to questions because there are quite a backlog of them yeah. um so I am not entirely sure how far back we have to go. Can someone give me a hand with that? How how far up to the podcast 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 <laughs> questions do I have to go? Let's... We can answer them again if it needs be, right? Don't worry. Podcast <laughs> questions. Let's have a look. Yeah, do I miss any? Um, done that. Um, probably done that. Okay, so probably start from July the thirty first. Wow, <laughs> July the 31st with uh, Just Make Stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, because we've got a lot of questions, some of these are just going to be rapid fire. I'm going to take your mm -hmm. first response and move on. So starting off with you, Davey, if time, ability, and money were no object, what would your dream hobby army be, faction and theme? Um, probably, I quite like Admech, um, mm. the way they look, and obviously being able to convert them all into dark Admech. I know it's the kind of hack answer, but oh, uh, cool. I think I think they're pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think realistically, that that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like it. Oh, also orcs, right? Like, yeah, like all like mashed up, like making my own trucks and stuff would be super cool. Mm. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I was gonna say orcs, just because there's so much like potential there. I have an orc army, so I don't have to answer that way. What would I say? Some sort of really cool chaos army. Um, what would I go with? Uh, I think I would love to do demons, but I'd, I'd love to do something weird with it, like um, convert them all out of dryads from uh, fantasy. Sorry, um, Age of Sigmar. Something oh, yeah. like that. Do some sort of, like, just take the disparate um, Age of Sigmar fantasy armies the uh, the forge world stuff and just pick and choose and make a really cool converted demon army out of that i think that'd be a lot of fun to do i'll shout out gray knights because my love of gray knights comes from the um the demon um books there was like a gray knight book where you went around hunting demons and i was like this is awesome is so, uh, as in like a, a fantasy book or a, a codex uh, so um it was it was a yeah it was just a 40k 
no okay. sorry um but that just i have all these like i would love like there's a grandmaster manjulin or manjulin something he has a lightning bolt nemesis force weapon stuff and that would be really cool to like yeah okay okay no no second answer you're right absolutely great night <laughs> but um i'd love to do them in the third edition demon hunter style yeah. um yeah. i still have that codex that was oh, so metal yeah. Um, very, yeah, this is so cool. Yeah, yeah. Back where they told you how to convert units in the codex from mm. like oh, wow, things cool. you have around the house. Yeah, I I'll fish it out um, when I'm up with my parents next time, Davian. Let you borrow it. It's uh, is very fun. It's very fantastic, which is a sentence no one should ever say. Um, yeah, great. You got to paint them in like a Blanchett style as well. That'd be fantastic. Cool. All right. Um, the next question is great question from Ultimate Funk. Thank you. Uh, mm. Moving on, Mr. Oh, M1 Rado, Titan Legion for sure. That's not a question at all. No, there are, the... there's a chat. You need to get better skim reading it. So they, they, some people reply here. So, so the funny thing is I obviously realized that Ultimate Funk wasn't a question. And then I moved on. I was like, cool, this was the next day. Surely <laughs> this one's safe to read. I've done my hilarious comedic bit. Moving on. Uh, lovely stuff. So we have right, Ron Burgundy. Up ahead. <laughs> I uh, love lamp have a smurf <laughs> i'm a casual drakari player and yunari in 10th looks fun i've recently purchased the yukan your and a visarch any suggestions for what to add next shout out to arkonskari and the real space raiders yes they do know what they're talking about and they do make enjoyable content so i'm going to start with this one don't buy wraith knights I know that is, is the answer, because if you look at the WTC list, you would have, you know, we've seen double Avatar, Avatar and Yvrain, um, and then Wraith Knights. Something there is going to break. Uh, I'm hoping it's the Wraith Knights, because I don't think that the actual Avatar chassis themselves are necessarily a problem. I do think that they're only enabled because Eldar have so much killiness at range that they can afford to run 600 points of do nothing, but then do something um as soon, as soon as the eldar shooting gets you know under control they become significantly less scary so now that i've said what not to buy chris i know you're a big fan of eldar in all shapes and forms mm. you have been running the yukan uh your brain i always get which one is it Incarn. Incarn. there we go um so what would you add to uh an army i think it's a really interesting one because basically you're having to pay to be an army you have to have um your range reward um, mm. who's a 100 point character who's in yeah. no other list you would never take her um unless you want to do it. so you're paying whatever you do it's a 100 point tax yeah. um so a lot of so the australia wtc list took Irene literally so that they could put in three ravages um because ravages are very effective really three bright lances for or dark lances for 95 points the problem is you're essentially paying an extra 33 points for mm. each of those um for each of those ravages um so in terms of the and we also know that drakari book is the best at the moment um so i think mandrakes are really cool oh, yeah. um because you can they uh, they can be picked up and come back down um, later. That's um, just a data sheet ability for anyone who doesn't know. Mandrakes at the end of your opponent's turn, whoop, and then you get to do stuff again. Um, Eldar lists aren't taking um, storm guardians um, at the moment, and they have sticky objectives. Um, I wonder why. 
and yeah, exactly. And Kabbalites um, have sticky objectives, so that is another way of kind of getting that in there. Um, but other than that, it's kind of if you want to run Unari, you still want to have the good Eldar stuff. But at this time, the good Eldar stuff is going to get nerfed, and we just don't know by how much. Chris, you um, know the you were saying there is is I know you're saying thirty three points extra per Ravager, right? Yeah. But is there an argument to say that it's 33 point extra, but the bonus you get is you can auto hit with a six? I don't think you get. You don't have enough dice to really be using them for hit rolls or wound rolls for Dark Lancers. Fair Um, enough. They've become more efficient. But if you you get hit in a roll one, you get one reroll? Yeah, Yeah. one hit and one. Whereas in um, Jukari, if you're pure Jukari, you'll be rerolling. Yeah, you Uh, you spend your, in theory, finite resource to reroll all hits on a unit. Uh, In practice, it's an infinite because you get them when units die and also you regen them with the the Kronos if you're running that. So functionally, just get rerolls until your army's dead, uh, your opponent's dead. But they they are still very solid in Eldar. And being um, able to do the flat eight damage with a a fake die is very nice if you need to. Shout out to... um... The wing guys, scourges, scourges oh. with um, dark lights because they can shoot and move. So you could be trying to create this list of. So you could have three units of five scourges, three units of five shadow specters, and they all can just go, "Hello, I'm going to shoot you," and then just move six inches. No, no, you can't shoot me. Uh, and then um... you take two wraith knights, you fire and fade one, <laughs> and then you phantasm the other one, and you go, "I'm playing Tau," um, and nobody ever gets <laughs> to with you. Yeah, um, and you're dead. Quite <laughs> uh, Um But yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think there's, there's probably something. And you know what? You can just quite easily just take Eldar, go wide MSU stuff, and you will win the majority, nearly all your matches anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those where it's probably it's best to take the good Eldar units. But Eldar are so good, and there's such a good variety of shooting between the two books that if you do take the Drakari splash. It's hard to go wrong if you just take good shooting units, is the answer there. Yeah. Um, lovely stuff. So, uh, anything to add to that one, Davey? I think you chipped in. Um, yeah, sure. all good. Yeah, all good. Uh, I know you're a, a big um, Yudari player. I just wanted to make sure that you had Hey, I've got Eldar models. Thank you very he much. Does. He does. I did. You do. I saw either. them. They were under your desk when I was yeah. sleeping there. Not when I came down <laughs> to the it, just last night. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. So moving on quickly before I get restraining <laughs> orders. Um, so many of these comments are not questions. This is the podcast question chat. Ultimate All right. Funk. Ultimate it? Funk. Desert Island, Discs of Zinch game. You were washed up on a desert island. Everyone gets a beer and a copy of the core rulebook. That's different. I, I'm just washed up. Um, you've also been washed up with one army built from any point in the meta with 8th, 9th, or 10th, one mission from those additions, one opponent or army to face, bonus one tournament to be happening on the island. What's your dream 40k match? Basically, over the last seven years, at any point, what would you like to play your army playing into any other army? I have very fond memories still, and I don't know whether it's just grass is always greener, but I have very fond memories of my Necron list, um, flying gun line, three Doomsday arcs, three Doomsides, yeah. two um, Tesseract arcs, six Destroyers and the Deceiver, and you could read, you got to go first, what would happen is you would, um, you could redeploy three units, but it wasn't restricted to your deployment zone, 
So yep. you could stick them in the midfield to get angles. You then fire your doom sides over. Yep. I'd be wanting to play into an army which can bunch together a lot of models so that I can then roll um, a lot of dice to hit a six-inch radius of different units who want to four up are going to take 3d3 mortal wounds. Um, whilst my Doomsday Arcs and Tesseract Arcs fire off D6 shots for D6 damage. Those are the best of times. And they're also the worst of times, depending on how your dice were. But I have very fond memories of that. So I probably say Eighth that. edition Necrons were a, a whole nother beast. I, I picked them up because I got wrecked by some guy at my first ITC tournament. Um, I had a, 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 an absolute blast. And I was like, i got to get me some of these Necrons. This is when they were like objectively one of the worst armies in the game. Yeah. Um, but he just did. They had so much jank in that eighth edition book. Um, so he, you know, flew over one of the transports, uh, the night site, I think it's called, and then just like shooped units forwards. Uh, there was it, it, there was some interaction that let you do that basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just put a brick in the middle, and then he veil of darkness some other stuff forwards, and he went, "Cool, I'm here. What you gonna do about it?" And I went, "Oh no." <laughs> Uh, and then I lost, but I had a great time. It was a, a lot of fun. I would, um, um, I would also like to close second would be the custody bike list that I. Um, 15, you're a bad man, and I don't <laughs> stop, stop it. Talking. Yeah, that's fifteen not cool. bikes, four assassins. Good times. Yeah. You know, I I was playing a little bit of Tau at that time, and this was before I learned how to play Tau. I was playing Tau like the uh, the Americans were playing, which was just take loads of suits and sit in your deployment for three turns and shoot, and then like win the game at the end of the game. That's not how you should play Tau. You should in ninth edition, you should have been balls to the walls aggressive, be mm. within touching range of your opponents at all times, and then beat them with a mallet. Um, so yeah, a very I'd, soft I'd, mallet. Uh, yeah, I'd quite like to go back and play that matchup into Custodies again. Um, because they had the tools to shut you down. So it was a real, so you had to position correctly, you had to give them difficult choices. I really enjoyed the practice matches I played into that. And then at um, Manchester, I got to play Jack Tite, who was playing his Custode Orcs. And he ran me over because he was a much better Custode player than I was Tau at the time, which was, uh, it was a great time. We had, well, I had a lovely game against him. Um, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Maybe he has. <laughs> uh oh god what would i go with um yeah i really did enjoy playing necrons i i found that that book hard countered in a weird way the second um space marine book i had a very high win rate into the new space marines when they were the busted opinus and that might just be that people didn't know how to play into necrons so maybe i'd run that back or uh, oh you know what actually i'd love to play into david gaylard's uh busted admech again when i was playing my busted orc buggies list no, and i was playing the worst of it and it's very favored into admech but i'd like to play it again where we're playing on not a long ways deployment so he outranges me by twice my movement uh, i'd like to play it on a just a normal dawn of war deployment and i go first because <laughs> I, I i think that list probably still wins against me because he you knows the six planes and all of the um all the infantry that just don't die to anything. Six but, planes. Man. Yeah, good times. Um, I, I'd love to play that one again, but with a, a fighting chance. That would be that'd be a, a great time. How about you, Davey? What would be your your pick? Well, I, I quite like the old. Um, I did like watching people play Eldari. Sorry, not Eldari. Uh, Harlequins mm. in ninth. I thought that was quite cool. Fast boards, dribbling around, shooting stuff. I assume um, you're not talking about the sort of three weeks when they were just playing. Nine the wood. nine prism guns, whatever they were called. No, no, not that. No, just when you got uh, boys and boards, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, but also a big shout out to how how, uh, how Grey Knights are looking at the moment. Um, I saw Jack Harps' game in the WTC mm. and jumping around the board, doing shenanigans, sounds really fun as well. So um, I've only been in since ninth, right? So basically I've got all the sure. broken armies of ninth to choose from and uh, and none of them seem co- like cool answers. What, you, you don't want to go back to your glory days when nids were really good in ninth? Uh, yeah, I mean... We we for both us, have opinions on how that times. list ran, right? Yeah, for everyone else. I run forwards. <laughs> Man, uh, oh yeah, no. Uh, third, I'm giving three answers for this one. I don't give a fuck. You can't stop me. Um, <laughs> you can have one of mine. <laughs> uh, I'd love to play back when uh, the the previous previously mentioned stranglehold and uh, to the last were still in the game, so I could run my monster mash nids, score eighty five to ninety points every game, and just be unkillable. I was beating Tau lists. I was out shooting Tau lists that had thirty six plasma guns in, because the way the Maliceptors and the um, the Maliceptors minus one strength aura into the card effectors who were T seven, so you're wounding on fours. <laughs> then they had the cover. So they were, you know, getting like four up saves or something against the plasma. It, it all just sort of like ticked together. And they were minus one to hit apart from on one squad because they'd ignore that with a single squad. And it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Lovely. Well, I think we've answered that one. So C says, or Sai says, when the inevitable nerf to Eldari comes in September and other factions get their tweaks and buffs, who do you think will have meteoric rise and which factions do you feel will be unaffected? Uh, yes. And then a disclaimer for Tom, but he's not here, so I don't need to read it out. Anyone want to take this one first, or do you want me to? So, Eldar, it's hard to know whether Eldar are going to get wiped or not. Yeah. Um, I think there is every chance that they miss the, um, they don't hit Eldar hard enough. I think... God, I hope not. I think because I just, I just think there's not enough evidence that um, of the stuff which is actually still good that people aren't playing. I mean, I've played lists sure. which have got a lot of things which no one's really taking, and I would more than happily play, take those two events. People um, don't seem to be playing Fire Prisms. Like, yeah, as far as... Some people have moved away from them now. Yeah, yeah. I guess, um, maybe I'm just looking at all the, the Wraith Knight lists, and that's why I'm not yeah. seeing them, but... Um, but there's such, I'd say two thirds of that book is better than everyone else's indexes in terms of points efficiency. So I think there's every chance that they miss that. Or they go, right, everything up 30%, in which case suddenly it then probably becomes um, maybe they So it goes, it's going to go hard. One, I, either Eldar will still be top or they'll be, I just can't see them getting it right. I can't see Eldar players being happy with it and being like, oh, okay, now my opponents won't spend the whole time moaning about it, which is why I've been having this I mean, look, if they get down to 55% win rate, that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's unlikely that they manage to get them to 55% win rate. I think it'll stay in the 60s or I think in the 40s. Wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> there is no middle ground. Uh, so not for an army as fragile as that. Who else is there? So GSC, obviously still very good, but people are starting to work out their counters. Yeah. Um, WTC showed so that. So I, I think that GSC are going to really struggle because I think they're going to get hit quite hard. They're going to get hit. 
but actually people already know how to kind of build yeah. them anyway. And so. then as soon as they're not like the thing to run, all the top players stop running them, which means their win rate falls off because they are an incredibly difficult army to play at a top level when you're not leaning on broken interactions. Um, if we think about it from a ninth perspective, before they got you know all the additional stuff they have now, they were a very much a finesse army and not many people played them well. And I think when they stop being a kind of, you just throw more dice at a problem, army when you've got to use your resources more finely i think their win rate becomes very low because it's hard to play that style and you're not being rewarded enough for it so there'll be like three people who play them and play them well and then you know everyone else will just be like i have aberrants because they're my favorite mm -hmm. models and that's cool and there's nothing wrong with that but it will affect their uh, win rate um so custodies obviously right up there at the moment if they and they're due they were in like the, the red zone so they work and they are going to get nerfed um so that'll be interesting to see whether they get hard enough i think an army like so i'd say two i think necrons i don't yeah. think necrons are ever going to have a high percentage win rate because um people like playing with all the fun toys and that sort of thing a bit like guard i think if you i think you can build really brutal guard lists um but people don't do it so that's why the percentage is never going to be as high as it could be necrons um, ne to me feel like they're a team's army like because they're so dull to play that you kind of just take them because they fill a role as yeah, opposed to like, exactly. I want to play this in singles. Because, I mean, I played into 30 Lich Guard um, at an event, at uh, this event, and I also played into like three Doomsday Arcs, loads of Destroyers and stuff, and it was a night and day kind of game. There are some armies out there which mathematically just cannot deal with the 30 Lich Guard. The guy actually came over at the end on the final game was like, yeah, I'm off home now because uh, my opponent turned up to the table. We played one round and he went, I can't kill your Lich Guard. There's no point and just said, you can have the win. Um, and there genuinely are. I mean, I really struggled to kill them. And that's yeah. with Eldar, right? So I think those sorts of builds, they're really boring. So you're not really going to see them a huge amount. But I think they would be right up there. And the other army I would say is Chaos Space Marines. Um, they were kind of, if you look at the top 10 of Leeds, um, it was Eldar and then Chaos Space Marines. Um, lots of Chaos Space Marine lists are brutal. Their shooting mm. is really strong. And I think a big thing is kind of working out what um, what kind of icons to have, what good, what mix of Obliterators, Forged Fiend, Accursed, etc. I think sure. they could be in a really good place for LGT. Um, and oh, I should also say Thousand Sons, but you have to be a very good Thousand Sons player. Wouldn't put it past someone like Vic to win um, LGT with Thousand Sons if you took it. That would be kind of a. I'm going to call it now. So, Vic, uh, could you please take Thousand Sons so I'm right? Thank you. And win. And you need to you, win. Yeah, you forgot to add that bit at the end. He's going to win anyway with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like one of those two is more likely. Like, he's, he's a, it'd be in like my top three picks to win it. But, yeah. he, you know, I'm not sure Thousand Sons would be in my top three picks for things I think he'll play um so what weirdly i feel like it's in my head it's more likely he wins than he runs thousand sons <laughs> i did just do very well wtc so. yeah yeah that's true um but maybe he goes back to eldar if they get you know taken down mm -hmm. a peg maybe that's what he goes but yeah. i'm gonna hit it from the other end um i think both admech and uh death guard are gonna stay woefully uh down at the bottom I don't think you can fix their issues with points. Well, you can fix every issue with points, but like I don't think 
they will because the way that those armies would play would suddenly be like i'm putting 60 breaches on the table ha 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 and you're like oh yeah yeah, it's fun for no one um i i have strong feelings about how both of those armies need to be fundamentally rewritten um the contagion like just as a quick uh, not to rant too much a quick one the contagion being minus one toughness in an addition where toughness matters so much more um and then also stacking that with auto wounding on sixes with like basically every weapon you have it's like yeah. this doesn't make sense um one of the things that i i put forwards as a potential change for them was that you you play into the like the slow and placeable, but once they've got you, they've got you. So maybe contagion range stays the same, three, six, nine inches going from one turns one, two, three onwards, but it halves your movement, or you can't advance, or you half your charge rolls. Um, something that like you know you've got an aura that really affects your opponent, and yeah. it, you're not doubling down on like it's slightly easier to wound you, which I do anyway on sixes to wound. <laughs> so, I think both of those armies will stay stay dog shit. Votan. I actually don't mind Votan. I, I think they could do with some quality of light changes, but I think a few more points would really breathe life into them because they're just a gun army. Um, and, you know, if, if you make them efficient enough, people will play around the uh, the clunkiness because it's worth doing. Yeah. Lovely stuff. So I will quickly just jump over to Sean's question in the chat from earlier. Uh, he says, question for later, as a Space Marine player, I find I can't cover all my bases. The three things that I feel I need to cover is being able to do the cards, kill tanks, uh, T11+, plus, and then kill mass stuff. That is a fair a fair shout. Um, the first answer is you're getting a new book soon. So who knows what that brings? The second answer is play Death Watch. Frag cannons do all of the things that you just said. Uh, anyone have some, some non... some more serious answers to that? Yeah, I think I, I think you don't have to do it all. Um, yeah. And the reason I say that is my army does very little in terms of killing, but it does a whole lot of primary and secondary scoring. Um, you win by scoring points, um, so I would just make sure that you're. I would make sure you've got your plan on how you do that, and then, you know, that's your. What's your strategy? Well, I'm going to win. In my eyes, it's I'm going to win by scoring more secondary, and equaling or getting more primary. So then it's then you segment that into like. Okay, well, how do I deny their primary and how do I score mine? How do I score my secondaries? How do I make sure I score my secondaries? So, for example, plasma interceptors, things like that. And how do I make sure they don't score their secondaries? Mm. Um, screening out corners for that, investigate signals, things like that. Um, that's how I would do it. And then, you know, sometimes the answer is just murder them. Um, and that's fine. But like Tyranids, Marines aren't in a position where they can table people. Unless you maybe Death Watch, maybe. Oh yeah. But most of the time, they're not in a position where they can tip people. Yeah. That's my yeah. ten cents anyway. I think I think as well if you're looking for specific units to put in, um, I haven't been looking through the the base Space Marine index with a critical eye for a little while. The way I would do it if I wanted to try and make the most of what I have is I would look for two units. I'd look for one unit that does damage independently. Gladiator Lancer. Fantastic. That's the obvious one. And then I'd look for a unit that does damage really well with Oath of Moment. I'd look at it and go, what's the best, the highest volume of output that I can put into any target where full rerolls to hit and wound just gives me such an efficiency boost that it's worth putting into anything? Um, the answer's probably 
upsettingly um, Desolation Marines, but you know, there might might be something in there that's more exciting. Um, you know, who can say what that is? Someone who's looked at Marines more than me. I mean, why'd you kill stuff, right? So that you don't, so that your opponent has less assets to kill it's you. So right? I feel alive, Davy. Oh. Yeah, it's the only way I feel game. alive. But you can replace killability with durability as well, right? So if you've got terminators and things like that, mm. you know, you know, the there best, is the best defense is your opponent being tabled. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I get that totally. It's just sometimes you can't table your opponent. Yeah, no, that that is true. I think Space Marines because they're faction trait is to reroll all hits and wounds it feels like you probably do want to try and lean into that if you can um mm. i i'm sure there is something in there that you can pick and go hey this kills most things if i give it four rerolls to wound um but i don't know what that is because i haven't been looking but you know you you're absolutely right some tanky units are very valuable um being able to score primary as chris mentioned earlier is a difficulty in 10th edition and more important because you get loads of fucking points for it more points than you do for secondary so score mm. your primary kids uh lovely 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 i think we answered that one there uh existence uk says nerf predictions will games workshop do both points and a data slate in september um so we kind of went over what we were expecting to be nerfed um do we think they're going to do points and a data slate? I believe have they, they have said, I believe they have said, because I think initially it was just points, but I think yeah. they have said they are going to be changing a few things as well. Yeah. Um, so I believe it's going to um, be both. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would be surprised. As data sheets as possible, right? Yes, which is fair enough, but uh, I'd be very surprised if they For don't. For example, something like Phantasm, right? Phantasm is something that clearly needs to be changed as a strategy. Um, so that wouldn't be a points change. That would be either how it functions or its CP costs. So I think certain things like that might well get changed. Well, let's say into our next question from Zito. How much of the power is removed from Phantasm if instead of being at the end of the enemy's movement, it is at the start of the movement phase? Oof. Do you think it nerfs it enough or will an inevitable CP cost increase still be needed? That's a really interesting question, actually. I hadn't thought about changing it to the start of the movement. I think... For a lot of the time, it still makes it unbelievably powerful. Sure. Um, you know, if you take the fundamental use of Phantasm for some people, which is my Wraith Knight is going to pop out and shoot you, and now you can't see my Wraith Knight again, um, and that sort of thing. That's let's, just... let's look at it from an angle of Wraith Knights are dead, and okay. suddenly, like, one shooting platform doesn't really rule the roost for Elder. You've got good shooting platforms, but you kind of spam a lot of them if you're looking at like Bright yeah, Lancers. You go, like, go wide MSU. Yeah. It's, I actually think that's quite interesting. It takes away the power of um, moving out of deep strike charge range. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it takes away that, oh shit, I forgot that you have Phantasm and now you've gone and hidden somewhere. Yep. It takes away that, oh, I've got to try and cover as many options as I can. That so is a big thing, yeah. You can only fan, you can only Phantasm one, which is Could you know be. the thing that pisses. Like, I mean, obviously, I've played into lots of people who go, "Phantasm is so bullshit," and get really <laughs> pissed off with me for using Phantasm. When one. they've put three units looking at one, and then you've moved it, and I've hidden it. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, like, it's, it's have not you me considered? Yeah, um, but no, having having experienced the wrath of many an opponent. Um, like, I can understand it is very frustrating, but there are ways around it. I think this is an interesting one because actually it does take away a lot of the power. It still makes it as an Eldar player. I still like feel like it's quite useful. What if um, uh, what if it was triggered by moving within six inches of it? 
unit. Yeah, Existence just put in chat, what if it was, you know, the similar sort of uh, restriction that other armies have, which is, you know, triggering within nine uh, inches the way that all the other ones have. I, yeah, I mean, it changes the style of the strap, but it makes it still powerful. But in more, in, I think that's what it should have been to start off with, because other armies that have that are good. Like it's good to have, but it's not the be all and end all because you're not trying to charge your opponent at the moment. Typically, you're trying to shoot them. So, if I don't move my jank unit near your wraith knight, I can line up my three lancers at it. And you know, maybe maybe get some shooting through and have a great time, happy fun time for all. So that I think would be a good change. All I'll they should say just is delete it. That um, if they make it two CP, yeah. then it changes literally nothing. Well, you can't use that and fire and fade, but you weren't doing that anyway. Well, so. Yeah, exactly. It, if they make it two CP, it's still just as powerful. Um, yeah. So hopefully that is not the change. I mean, as an Eldar player, I'd like it to be a change. But telling everyone else, if they make it to CP, then you have to see it every single <laughs> yeah. turn, simply because of the Autark Wailing I just want to take this moment to say that I'm not an Eldar player. I never have been an Eldar player. <laughs> You've got yeah. no proof. The event didn't go up on uh, the ITC. Exist, so, yeah. uh, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've always hated him, and I will maintain that stance. Now I'm, yep. I'm back off the, uh, the point of your drugs. Uh, last question, then we'll wrap up. If you've got any other questions that you have a burning need to uh, be answered, chuck them in the chat in the next three minutes. Otherwise, no dinner for you. Uh, <laughs> Gastronauticon, uh, the balance patch is due soon. What models are you currently working on in anticipation for this? Uh, also, will DLC come back to Krons once Eldari get nerfed? DLC. Do we know who? I'm assuming DLC is an abbreviation for a player. Downloadable content. Yeah. I hope, like, Warhammer is expensive enough without DLC, <laughs> so I hope it doesn't come back as if it was here in the first place. Um, Dynasty, no. DLC. Well, it's it's going to be, it'll be a person. I'm just trying to work out oh, okay. um, who DLC is. If yeah. you know who DLC is, write to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. What um, model? Uh, I've been painting Sweeping Hawks. Um, so oh, Sweeping okay. Hawks um, did, didn't really... Um, Sorry really to interrupt. Uh, we do have Gastronauticon in the chat, and it's Dear Leader Chris. Oh, hi! That's a, it's a good, That's a thing. A good uh, acronym, actually. I like that one. Oh. Uh, so we'll get back to your Sweeping Hawks, but will you be going back to Krons if Eldara get nerfed? So what I said is for LGT, um, if Eldar get absolutely smashed off the face of this earth, yeah. And they're like literally unplayable, then I will consider something else. Otherwise, I'll just carry on playing. In terms of what, I do actually really like the Necrons. When I first read 3 Index, there was just so many fun, different things. Mm. Um, I don't think I would want to... I'm saying this, I'll probably end up at LGT with 20 Lich Guard. But yeah. I don't <laughs> think... I think um, having like watched Liam Hackett play... I what I used to really enjoy like the movement tricks and like the wrapping and trapping and that. And I think if you're taking blobs of warriors, if you can get them in, trap, make it impossible to desperate break out, really hold up armies. I think that's like quite a cool way of playing. Um, so that is potentially a line I would go around. So I do own like thousands and thousands of um, points um, for that. So. Um, for Necrons. So I, that is probably the direction I go um, because Custodes are going to get nerfed a bit and Lean might want to borrow mine. And then it's Admech. And 
in order to do admec you need um brain need surgery like, to remove the part of your brain that makes you feel like you need to have fun yeah you need like 12 <laughs> breaches i only own three and i don't really want to paint a load of breaches or cool well do i have a surgery for you that will fix that resistance oh yeah yeah it's going to take out the bit of your brain where you feel like you need to have fun okay uh, <laughs> yeah. um so yeah all my admech stuff is built is based around vanguard and rangers and all the skitari stuff um so I don't have the required amount of breaches at the moment, but I think there's probably some play in Admech as well. And I think that's something which is to be explored. But I, I'm I'm excited for Elder to get nerfed so I can use all the models mm. in big tournaments that I want to use. There's people things like Fugan and Swooping Hawks, um, Solitaire. And the Solitaire, which I've actually tried to fit in. I used it the other so day. Good. I used it twice, and yeah. I both times I'm like, so I've actually forced it into my list it's um, just not like current eldar good yeah exactly but dire avengers fugan uh, solitaire um you know like just lots of the fun more like general bits which just aren't in current lists because they're not the most points efficient thing yeah. um so i'm actually looking for i'm hoping that those things don't get smashed so then i can go to go down a different line um but yeah so in answer very long-winded i'm currently painting swooping hawks because they're not in too many lists and they're only 75 points and i think they will that's a really up. great shout because i think they will just replace Warps the other two fast units are going to get nerfed so with war spiders got to like 120 130 then bam oh, i'll take my swooping hawks at 75 and <laughs> I said that as if you were some sort of big brain genius because you found the third fast unit. How does he do it? Oh my god! I am um, a genius. But yeah, no, that is that is good forward thinking. So fair play, um, Davy. Uh, it's kind of hard for Davy to to know. Well, Codex coming. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I guess the answer is just he's painting all the things, and eventually he's going to play with them. Uh, yeah, I guess it's funny, isn't it? Because I've never had so much plastic grey models at the moment um, yeah. because I've still got Leviathan boxes to paint. But uh, I'm just hoping that after I've painted 80 Termagants that I do not have to do the same for Hormagants. So, um, but I have got one of the 9th edition um, starter boxes which has got 30 Termagants in. They are the old ones, but if yeah, you want it, right. I can let you have it at a budget price. And no, that, you're I mean, absolutely please, fine. Please, someone buy this off me. I have no use for it. I don't know why I still have this. <laughs> well, Ed, you never saw the anniversary show where I found someone someone bought a second-hand one for more oh, yeah. than the person paid for it originally, because I still had the price tag on. And all the bases are on. It was only a couple of weeks ago. Interesting. Well, mm. maybe I should whack that up on eBay. I've also got the, um, the guard... You know the starter box, which has got the guard codex in from ninth edition, really valuable Ooh. now that all the rules have been, you know, out of print. Like seven months after it came out. So uh, yeah, what I'm saying is, hit me up on Discord, six plus plus Edward, if you want to buy the Cadia stands box or the <laughs> the uh, the old Tyranid ninth edition starter box set. Um, but yeah, cool. Last question. That was the last question. Uh, and that's it. If you want more of us, well, tough. We're going to go do things. Things that you don't get to see, like sleeping <laughs> and showering 
please don't watch me shower. <laughs> um, there will be more content coming for you. There is going to be an interview with Robert Kimpton, a fantastically skilled player, coming as a teaser for what you can get on the Patreon. There will be more content coming about armies. There might be a new battle report coming up at some point. I don't think we've filled one yet, but, you know, there could be one coming. There's going to be loads more stuff. Stay tuned, look at YouTube, and we will talk to you later.